0: Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 16. The chair smelled like real leather and felt soft enough to be an original. Ariadne rested her hands on the arms and tried not to think how much it must have cost to ship two such antiques to Noctis Point. Enough money that even she, with the Emperor's coffers behind her, would pause for thought, she decided. Essentially, Principal Reeve, you've got a bit of a situation, she said. They were sat either side of the Principal's desk, glasses of smoky whisky on the table between them. It was early, but he was sipping at his with the air of a man determined to get through the bottle by supper time. Your weapons research unit is still viable, but your psychs are not. The Jovians have come up with a way of blocking themselves somehow. We can adapt, Reeve said. He placed his glass down on a metal coaster and pointed at it. The most effective way to stop a spider is to psych it directly. To move it, stop it, crush it, force it to turn on its allies, like so. Unaided, the glass slid smoothly off the coaster leaving a little trail of condensation as he mentally pushed it onto the polished walnut desk. He reached forward and placed it back on the coaster. But we can affect them in other ways. He pointed again, and this time the coaster slid along, carrying the glass with it. When the coaster stopped, the glass's momentum carried it into Ariadne's own nearly full glass with a clink. So, retrain your forward troops and refocus your training here. Ariadne said, passing the glass back to him, or you're going to find that you are quickly outclassed. I'm currently having a very hard time dissuading my father from simply nuking the moons from orbit, rendering them uninhabitable for a millennia or more. Honestly, Reeve said heavily, I don't understand why he didn't do that when they first attacked. If we took that attitude to everything that hurt us, we would never have made it into space, Ariadne said. Besides, this facility has, at one point or another, represented a threat to the Empire. Need I remind you? Yes, well, we sued for independence. We didn't attack. If we had nuked you from orbit, committed genocide and eradicated an entire species, then the threat would have been over and the human race would be poorer as a result. It'd be like we learned nothing from the wars of the 20th and 21st centuries. Ariadne took a polite sip of the foul-tasting whisky and set it back down, expression carefully blank. Reeve shook his head. If you don't like it, don't drink it, young lady. Independence should not equal impudence, Ariadne thought, or rudeness. Stop listening in. That's beneath you, Principal, she said out loud. He held her gaze for a moment, then looked down. You're right. I apologise. ''I have a favour to ask, actually.'' He picked up a soft screen, hardened it and turned it round. On the screen was a picture of one of the psych-proof spiders. ''We want this. One of these. Alive, preferably. Dead is more likely. For research, you understand.'' ''There are three dead bodies that have been retrieved so far,'' Ariadne said. ''One is in the custody of my father. One has been purchased for Terran Research by Oceanic Holdings.'' Reeves' eyes narrowed. Why? Because they're one of the main government contractors, Ariadne said, and because they pay very, very well. Damn it, father, she thought, then clamped down on the thought as Reeves' eyebrows shot up. There is a third, recovered at Ganymede Base 3. She narrowed her eyes and smiled unpleasantly. What would I be getting in return? Security in the long run. He got up and walked to the window and she followed him. The view was astounding. From the highest point in the dome, Reeve could look down at most of the site, taking in low buildings and a large grassed quad. About a hundred people were spread out over it in small groups, relaxing, practising, or just talking. Reeve took a sip of whiskey and pointed. Here you see the untrained psych population of the Terran Empire. We scout them out have retrieval teams specifically for this job so that no untrained psych remains on earth. If someone manifested the talent there, they could lose control of their power. The fallout would be devastating. Imagine all the untapped ability that one of us could muster, released in one burst of fire or force. He gestured to the students. They learn to control themselves, but the flip side of that is that they have to be here, this is a prison, as much as it is a school. In this way, your father's need for Sykes to be under his power is met, while we retain some modicum of independence and secure our own safety. Ariadne frowned. What's your point? We want to see if the technology that these psych proof spiders are using can be modified, reverse-engineered. We want to know if it's possible that humans could be turned into Sykes, not just born that way father would never allow it. He may not have a choice. If someone on Earth finds a way to market this technology, do you not think thousands, millions would flock to buy it and then suddenly you have more untrained psychs than you can deal with and you have a problem? Reeve turned to Ariadne, worry in his old eyes. It's in the Empire's best interests for everything psych-related to remain under our control. "'And then you can licence it, sell it, regulate it.' "'She shook her head. "'You want a monopoly. "'I can see your point, of course, "'but you're asking me for the same thing you claim to be trying to stop.' "'They walked back to their seats, "'Reeve sitting down while Ariadne leaned on the back of the chair. "'You've already sold one,' he said matter-of-factly. "'You've already tipped the balance, knowingly, apparently. "'Clamp down on it now before it becomes a problem.' You'll get your Jovian, she replied, but I don't want technology to spring from it. It's a training exercise, nothing else. He shook his head sadly. You won't be able to obtain the same promises from Oceanic. They'll cry foul if the Imperial Throne gets involved in business that closely. That's my problem. Your Jovian is in my shuttle. He looked up sharply and Ariadne smiled in satisfaction. We picked it up before coming here. I wanted to make sure I got your first impressions, Principal. They went down the spire and walked quickly to the large airlock that served as a shuttle launch bay. By the time they got there, Sarah had already arranged for the large corpse to be manhandled out of the cargo area. It sprawled grotesquely on the metal floor. Fascinating, Reeve said, leaning in close. Can I touch it? It's yours, Ariadne replied with a shrug. He gently lifted the head as if it was some sort of newborn child, turning it this way and that. In death, the Jovians were less terrifying than on the battlefield. The corpse's toothed mandibles had flopped open, revealing almost human-like teeth inside, and the black, lidless marble eyes were filmed over slightly beneath the heavy brow. The second set of eyes, hidden by folds of flesh, were tightly closed. Its skin was brown, like old blood. Unlike most Ariadne had seen, It had a quarter of its brain pan missing, replaced with circuitry. A metal cuboid, about the height and width of three fingers, was sticking out of the tangle. Fascinating, Reeve said. I'll have the lab analyse this properly, but as far as I can tell, the circuitry is still operating. I certainly can't sense this spider now, even though it's right here in front of me. The newscasts have started calling them ghosts. They interviewed someone on the front line, one of yours, He said it was like he could see something there, but he could sense nothing. Not even a hole in his ability to psych. They're just... invisible. That's the opposite of a ghost, I suppose. But I understand his point of view, Reeve said. It's unsettling. He leaned in closer. Hmm. He gently pulled on the rectangular unit, and with a metallic click, it slid out of the circuitry, leaving a small empty socket. He stood stiffly up and examined the unit. This is obviously designed to be replaced, he said, otherwise it would be built in. Is there... ah, yes. Several small screws held one side of the unit on, and Ariadne watched curiously as he exerted his will on them. One at a time, they rose smoothly from the metal, and when all four were out he snatched them out of the air. The casing fell open to reveal a greyish mass filling the entirety of the metal black veins were running through it, larger towards one end. ''As best as I can tell, this is some sort of bio-clay,'' he said. ''Do you know much of the science behind psyching?'' ''Assume I don't. Tell me what I can see here.'' ''Your pituitary gland in your brain is responsible for the production of several key hormones. In psychs, an extra hormone is created, KP2. It allows for reabsorption of white brain matter, or myelin, and its conversion into the energy we call psych That's the short version. Best I can tell, this clay acts as a sort of artificial white matter cell pack. In theory, it could be used for Psyching. He pointed to a small protuberance at one end, poking into the clay. This looks like it might produce a synthetic KP2 based on the degradation seen here. The black veins in it represent dead cells. It's designed to be used once, then replaced. Ariadne took the clay pack from him and turned it over in her hands. The clay was cool and moist and smelled faintly of cheese. How does this help us? Well, they're not making psychs. Their ability to create these ghosts is limited to how much of this stuff they can manufacture. He shook his head. To give you some idea, it costs less to run Noctis Point for a month than it would cost to manufacture that, given our current state of the economy. Ariadne tapped the pack thoughtfully. As soon as you have something, some way to get round this, I want to know. I suspect I'll go back to Earth and find a similar report waiting for me after the lab crew have been at our sample. Her mouth twisted in distaste. We'll probably never find out what Oceanic have discovered. I'll keep you informed, Highness, Reeve said, accepting the pack back from her. Anything we find out, I'll pass on to you. Not anything, everything, Ariadne said and Reeve nodded. You've been listening to chapter 16 of my novel, Knocked His Point. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not visit stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing. If you have a piece of fiction you would like to hear on Pocket Fiction, please get in touch, again through the website.